Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, welcome in. I'm Dan. That's Ryan. Over there is Matt. We are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We are ready for another episode. Hope you are too. We got a lot to get to, including reviewing uh, 2024. That's right. 2024 rookie mock draft that our guy Ryan did over on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Getting into that next year's crop of rookies, kind of a preview of that. That should be a fun conversation. We're also talking running backs and values as we approach trade deadlines in a lot of Dynasty Leagues. Maybe yours is past. Maybe yours is Thanksgiving Day. Uh, and we're going to, unfortunately, talk about some injuries as well. But first, let's talk to the guys. Matt, the, the we, we, we waited till Monday to record. So we got Sunday night football in the books, but the big game's Monday. So we got to get this to show in. We got to get done here. Yeah, it's a little bit weird feeling. The games don't feel quite as fresh uh, today, but... Um, it was a good weekend of football. Some ugly injuries we're going to talk about. Uh, my my favorite moment of this weekend was pulling off a win in a league that where I had d- both Devon A. Chain and Mark Andrews. So uh, that's my feather in my cap for this week. Yeah, good for you. You must have had some of the big scorers with the, on that roster as well. I had one uh, where last second I, I snapped decision like – Maybe Calvin Ridley actually does something this week. So I put him back in the lineup and he saved me the dubs. So a uh, nice. similar situation there. Ryan, any any positive stories from, from this week? Um, no, not really. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't follow my scores as closely as, as you guys evidently, but, uh, you know, give me a break some, McDowell, some wins and some losses, uh, more injuries as we already said, and, and tons of big scores from, uh, from guys like Calvin Ridley and, and, uh, you know, many, many others, including some surprises. Yeah, there were some surprises, and we're going to try to touch on as much of that as possible. Um, First, though, we should probably mention that if you haven't already heard, DLF is once again running the annual Black Friday Cyber Week sale. And this year, it's going to be the biggest sale ever. So starting immediately after Thanksgiving and running through Friday, December 1st, you can get a full year of DLF premium access for $15 off the normal annual membership price. That's just $34.99 a full year, and usually it, it's 50 bucks. So this is the time to, to re-up. Uh, just $34.99, that's a full year of industry-leading analysis, rankings, tools, and, and the community from the most experienced dynasty site, site on the planet. With numerous analytics tools, the most comprehensive and informative dynasty trade analyzer in the business, and the best dynasty rankings anywhere. We all three uh, contribute to that and much, much more over there. This is an incredible v- value that is sure to pay dividends all year long. So don't miss out on this chance to get the best deal of the year on the best dynasty site in the industry. Matt, Ryan, and myself all contribute. We write articles. We do this podcast. We do rankings. You can get that all for 15 bucks off right now, dynastyleaguefootball.com. Actually, not right now. After Thanksgiving. That's when you should click the button. The Startup. Well, the, the startup is a little bit of a downer, guys, and it, it most of it happened on Thursday, right? It was 
we we all uh, tried our best to enjoy the Thursday night game that was supposed to be the marquee. It was going to be incredible, man. It was going to be great. It was Bengals. It was Ravens. That defense. The both offenses. It just didn't come come to fruition. Joe Burrow goes down. Mark Andrews has a serious injury. Both are season ending. And then uh, to put the cherry on top in that division on. Uh, we find out later in the week that Deshaun Watson is out for the year and we have to struggle through whoever is under center for the Browns for the rest of the year as well. So I thought we would discuss by position here, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, both fantasy quarterbacks that even in single quarterback, many dynasty managers are building around, right? Long-term plans for Joe Burrow and uh, Deshaun Watson-led teams, but particularly in Superflex. These guys are are really cornerstone-type figures, and we need to decide, I guess, where these guys belong in our quarterback rankings. Um, obviously, they don't belong in that, that top three, the big three of Mahomes and Hurts and Allen, but beyond that, we have to decide if, if Burrow still belongs in that next tier, Ryan, or are we pushing him down because of the, the really 2023 season that has been hampered by injuries? Remember in the preseason or, or actually in the opening days of training camp, we d- dealt with that calf, calf issue that severely hindered his fantasy production early in the year. And then now with this wrist, it looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season. It's, it's unknown, I guess, or unlikely, I should say, if it will affect him going beyond that. Are, are you are you thinking about bumping Joe Burrow down a tier because of this, or is he just moving down to the bottom of tier two? Well, I mean, I think there's some maybe some discussion to be had about how deep that tier goes. Obviously, it includes guys like Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson, but how far down that that group do we want to go? If you look at DLF that's rankings it, right now, right? That, 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 it, I mean, that's the tier, Th- those two and Burrow. Are, are we, are we bumping him down to tier three or is he just okay. on the bottom it, of tier two? If that's the tier, then I'm bumping him down. Yeah. I, um, I would disagree. That's the tier, but I would be bumping him down below that too. To- totally agree with Matt. I, I think the tier is larger than that. I'm, I'm including Herbert Lamar, uh, the rookies Stroud and Richardson in that tier. Yep. Uh, and I think I'm including Trevor Lawrence still Ooh. in that tier. I'm include. I am also putting Kyler Murray there. I've, I've seen enough. He's back. He's, he's a, if you don't have one of these top four or five guys, like what else do you want other than Kyler Murray? He's still the cheapest of, of that. You group, just, you just said the reason why the tier is just Herbert and Jackson. You, you said, if you don't have one of these four or five guys, then I'm good with these guys. That that's a tear break, man. Well, I'm not, I, I would, well, I, I would disagree with the top tier too. I think that Lamar Jackson is in the top tier. I think there are five quarterbacks in the top tier. Okay. So, so there is a tear break after five though. So you see Mahomes and Herbert as interchangeable. Um, I mean, <laughs> I just don't, I, I don't think I, I, from a production standpoint, yes. Maybe not from a value standpoint. People still want to put Mahomes up there and as the most valuable quarterback, and I just don't necessarily see that. I just don't. I think what we've seen this season with the Kansas City Chiefs becoming a better team overall, with the defense, with them not still not addressing the secondary um, receiver option, I just don't think that his production is, is is at the same level as some of these other guys, and, and really including Herbert this season, to be honest with you. But from a value standpoint, you don't need to you know, make a deal one way or another there without some kind of bonus for Patrick Mahomes. Cause he still has that name. Down. Sure. Sure. No, it, it, that's, I don't think that's how I view tiers that you have to flip flop um, those players, but sure. um, you would be willing to, to, to make that move or yeah. you don't necessarily see a premium in drafting Mahomes or hurts that much earlier. But I Give, mean, honestly, we're not, we're not here to debate those guys. We're, we're just yeah, trying to figure yeah, out yeah, where yeah. to put Burrow. And my, I guess my generic way of viewing it without, without arguing who, uh, who's in which tier is I'm not moving Burrow out of the tier he's in. So, you know, if you view that as 
Herbert and Lamar and that's it, then I would move him to the bottom of that group. If you think it goes all the way down to Kyler or Fields or even Tua, I'm moving him to the bottom of that group. For me, it ends after C.J. Stroud, who's currently the quarterback eight in our dynasty rankings. I would rather have Stroud than Burrow right now. Uh, and if I could, if I could trade Burrow for Stroud immediately and get the rest of this season with uh, of C.J. Stroud, hopefully, presumably, then I would, I would definitely do that. And then when we go beyond that. I would be more hesitant to do that for Justin Fields or even for Kyler Murray or, or anybody below anybody further down the list. I think that was a good way to put it wherever, whatever tier you have him in, maybe to the bottom of that tier, but no farther. I, I personally have him in that four five, six tier, which includes Lamar Jackson at the top Herbert at number five overall and second in that tier. And then I, I slide Burrow in there. The C.J. Stroud conversation is an interesting one, though, because that swap, if you're a contender, I could see myself making that swap right now, uh, right, at, right at the trade deadline, potentially. Maybe you don't have a trade deadline. If you could swap that out, especially in a super flex, replace that production, still contend for a title this year because of it, I could see myself making that trade. So so maybe my tier does need to extend beyond that. Let's Let's extend this conversation to Deshaun Watson and try to decide where he belongs because his production has been up and down and he's been banged up and and dealing with injuries in Cleveland as well. Now we know that he's out for the season and we've heard everything out of Cleveland, all the talk, the, the, the whole team is supporting Watson. The coaching staff is as well. The, The actions of Watson have been perplexing at the very least, right? That the, just everything he says makes you think twice and, and think, does this guy really want to play and really want to get on the field? This is a serious injury though. When, when you look at Watson from the long-term perspective, Matt, where does he fall into these rankings? Because obviously it has to be much lower than the, the guys we've mentioned so far. Yeah, I've got, well, I've got Burrow at quarterback 11. So at the bottom of a, of a tier, just ahead of Dak. And then I've got uh, Jason Watson down at 16, just behind Brock Purdy, ahead of Geno Smith, Jared Goff, that kind of kind of group. So I moved Watson quite a bit further. I'm, I'm fine with those, those names that you mentioned. There's a tier break in there probably somewhere. Ryan, how about you? Where do, where do you see Watson falling in the line? Yeah, looking at our consensus DLF rankings, and as you said, certainly going further, Kyler is at 10. Uh, We could assume maybe 11 when you plug Joe Burrow back in there somewhere ahead of him. And then Tua, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. I don't think there's much of a conversation between those guys and Deshaun Watson. Uh, After that, after Purdy, that's when I think it gets interesting. We're currently in our rankings, Bryce Young, Jared Goff are next in line, and then you get to uh, some of the other injured guys like Kirk Cousins. Uh, so for me, I'm I'm putting him between Purdy and and Bryce Young. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that as well. That that's really the tier. The production hasn't met the the name value so far with Watson in Cleveland, and that's what's probably holding a lot of dynasty managers back. The problem is. If you have Deshaun Watson on your roster, you remember the glory days when we were valuing Mm -hmm. him in the top five at the position, maybe even in the top two or three. And the value you could get, you're you're just waiting for that value to to surge again. And it just hasn't happened. We haven't even seen signs that maybe that could happen, at least in Cleveland. Let's talk a little bit about Mark Andrews because he he was flirting with tight end one production once again this season, certainly a top three option along with Kelsey and Hawkinson. Laporta can be thrown into that conversation as well, but Andrew's a little bit older than Laporta, a little bit younger than Kelsey right in that Hawkinson range valuing these tight ends. And this is a fun conversation to have, honestly, because there have been years in the past where it's Kelsey and nobody else, maybe Kelsey Andrews and nobody else. It's nice to throw these other names into the conversation. If you're a contender right now, Matt, and you're looking at Andrews on your roster and you could flip him potentially to, to make a run or keep that production going. Where's that line for you? 
Um, I think it's at Kittle. I, I we did I did accept an, or as part of a co-owned team. I think we accepted an offer of Kittle, and I can't remember what the second piece was, but Kittle and something for Andrews on a team where we needed tight end help. Um, sure. And Kittle, even Kittle's a little bit scary, but he does that provide those spike weeks. You know, since the injury, Matt. Yes. Uh, wait. Uh, yes. Since yes, since the injury, it's sitting in our inbox right now. We obviously have to wait until the games are sure. done tonight. I think to accept. Um, but yeah, I think we are. I think we're locked in to accept that. So, um, but Kittle, like I said, Kittle, I think is still scary a little bit because he offers the spike week stuff. But in this season, he's been more consistent. But you know, his history is obviously that he disappears for five, six, seven weeks at a time, and then pops up with a, a big game or two. And you just hope those are in the weeks when you really need his production. Um, but any farther than that, like Goddard, I just. He's hurt too. Kincaid, are we going to trust that and that offense the way it's right now? Then you're into Firemuth. And I mean, after that, it just almost becomes a wasteland, right? So I can't really get him any lower than tight end five right now. Well, I think it's important to remember. I mean, we're having this discussion because when these players have season ending injuries, they obviously lose some value. I mean, if, if only for what we're missing out on the rest of the season. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to trade that player for anybody no. ahead of him. It doesn't mean you have to trade that player at all. Um, I mean, with Andrews, it's, it's pretty easy for me. Again, I'm going to the end of that tier. So I'm valuing Hawkinson, Kelsey and Sam Laporta above him. The one that I think is really kind of a, a, a fun discussion is Dalton Kincaid. It's Kincaid. currently, it's yeah, like- Kincaid is currently our, he's our tight end seven in my personal rankings. He's my, well, I should say he was my tight end five. I think I would trade Andrews to get Dalton Kincaid, not only mm. to have him for the rest of the season, but obviously a, a little bit younger, not, not a, not a ton younger, but um, so I would put, uh, I would put Mark Andrews at the tight Andrews end six is, spot. Andrews is 28 Eight. and Kincaid's like 23, right? Four, 24. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a year older. He's so, an old rookie. He's an older rookie. So those four years mean something. I think if I'm sure. a if I'm a contender right now, I'm making that swap in a heartbeat. That, that especially if yeah. I don't have a Trey McBride uh maybe all the way down to oh, I don't know, a good Jake Ferguson. Like if I don't have a reasonable replacement, if I'm thinking, oh no, I have to roll out Kate Otten as my, as my tight end the rest of the year. And I'm a contender. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm I'm going to swap Andrews to go down to, to Kincaid or, or quote unquote down to Kincaid. The upside is, is really through the roof at this point. Yeah. I guess my point was just, you can, you can find a Mark Andrews replacement without necessarily trading Mark Andrews. Right. I mean, Go get yeah. Ferguson or Schultz or Luke Musgrave or, you know, McBride's probably too expensive at this point um, compared to the other players in this range. You yeah. know, even David Njoku or Evan Ingram, you don't have to trade Mark Andrews. So right. I would not trade Mark Andrews for Goddard. Obviously, Goddard's banged up right now himself. I would not trade Mark Andrews for Kittle. Uh, sounds like Mac got, got something else back in that deal as well. But if we're talking a one-for-one um, – uh, that's that's not a move I would be looking to make. All right. Where does – so overall, where does he slide into your rankings right now, Matt? Um, I have him at tight end five currently. Ryan? Above Kincaid? Above Kincaid. Yeah, so I would have him at six behind, right behind Kincaid. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, when you hear rookie, you probably think of names like Jameer Gibbs, but we're we're flipping the page already. We're going to the 2024 class of rookies. Ryan, you did a Monday mock article on DynastyLeagueFootball.com where you pulled together some of the best minds in Dynasty and did a two-round mock draft for 2024. So all these names you've heard about, including Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams, um, these guys were were drafted in it. You know, some would say way too early, but I would say right on time mock draft to try to talk about future value and where we value 
maybe maybe trade value for draft picks that we're we're mm, swapping yeah. out right now. Um, this was this was a fun exercise. Yeah, absolutely, and and I'm I'm with you. I don't think it's too early. Um, you know, maybe if reading this article or listening to this discussion is is just your introduction, maybe you're not a, a big college football fan. Uh, you know, now now's the time to start turning the page and start thinking about those players. That's certainly true if it looks like your dynasty team is not going to make the playoffs. Um, we've, we've got playoffs starting in uh, just about a month here. So if you're out of the playoff hunt, definitely start uh, start doing some of this research, looking into these guys. But um, even if not, it's, it's time to start learning these names and uh, and and finding out who are your favorites because it, it does impact trades as you're flipping picks, as you're um, – trying to position yourselves and and think about team needs. We're going to try to present this as an introduction, but I understand there's a lot of football fans out there that play Dynasty, that watch college football all day Saturday, and they may they may have a good knowledge base and, and know exactly who all these names are. We're going to do this as a little bit of a 101. And I, I think this... This mock was a super flex mock, so we might as well start under under center with the quarterbacks. Most dynasty players, most every college football fan for sure, know the big two, right, at quarterback, Ryan, and that's Caleb Williams and Drake May from UNC. There's There's been the rumblings that Caleb Williams may not finish the season, all that kind of stuff. The Heisman uh, hype has kind of died down with Caleb Williams because of uh, everything happening there at USC, most mostly defensive related. I've dug into this quarterback class a lot here in the last ten to twelve days, and I think the the top tier may may extend beyond those top two names. How did this mock kind of fall for you? Did did you see a a, a premium with a third quarterback, or are people trying to decide what they want to do? No, not really a premium, and I'm I'm definitely uh, you, you've got me a little intrigued here because I, I think one of the top storylines of the um, pre-draft season, really the offseason in, in general, from the NFL draft standpoint or from r- dynasty rookie drafts, is who is going to be that quarterback three? We've got Caleb Williams, we've got Drake May. I think right now those guys are both locked into being top three picks in. in again in the NFL and in rookie drafts but then who's that third guy uh in in the in this mock draft the third guy was JJ McCarthy the uh, quarterback from Michigan he went ninth overall in this super flex rookie mock uh we did have a, a couple other quarterbacks to go pretty soon after that Michael Penix from Washington uh was the 12th pick uh so the last pick in the first round and then Bo Nix from Oregon uh, was the second pick in the second round. So those are those are the five quarterbacks that were selected in this uh, in this mock draft. Again, the top two feel like locks. I don't know who's who's your guy. Who's your early favorite here, Dan? To be the third guy, I, I don't think he's a favorite to upend anybody, but I think it's next. Like, okay, I, I haven't watched Oregon every week, like like a lot of Ducks fans probably have, but. What I have seen of Bo Nix is way de- the three of us play in some Debbie leagues. We we try to get educated on these players. And Bo Nix, when he was back in the Auburn days, right? It was Auburn. I think it was Auburn. Yeah, it, yeah, it was Auburn. Yeah, he was at Auburn first. That is a completely different player than what we're seeing of him right now at Oregon. In fact, it reminds me just a little bit of Justin Herbert. He reminds me a little bit of Justin Herbert and not, not necessarily the way he plays or, or his style or anything, but more like how he's flying under the radar. I, in preparation for this segment, I went and looked at the Heisman finalists. Did you know he's the favorite right now? And and maybe that's because he throws uh, yeah. six touchdowns in the first half or whatever he did on Saturday. That's probably <laughs> probably a big factor, right? But I watched that game. I, I got a good look at Bo Nix, and I think there's a lot of NFL talent in that arm right now. I, I, I'm a little surprised that he fell all the way to the second round of this mock that was done since, if I'm right, since that game was played, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, 
I don't know. I, honestly, I don't have an early f- uh, favorite. I think the uh, if you go back in time a month or, or or three months, six months, the favorite to be the QB3 would have been Quinn Ewers from yeah. Texas. Uh, he suffers the injury, misses some time, and then uh, about the time he comes back, also lets it be known that he's planning on coming back to school for next year, which was a major shock. And again, if you if you play in Debbie Leagues, there's some – um, there's some impact there when you talk about, uh, talk about Manning, who was obviously waiting his turn there at Texas. So that'll, that'll be a fun situation to watch, but you know, it's just an early, an early look at something we deal with every single year. We, we do mock drafts here in, in November and we'll do them throughout the, the next several months. And then when it comes down to it, we've got 24 names here and, you know, two or three, or maybe even more of these guys are going to make the decision to stay in school. And uh, the class that we thought was really strong will get a little bit weaker. The the name are we that- going to see? I have a question for you guys. Do you guys? Do yeah. you guys? Because again, I, I if you've listened to anything I do, I don't start doing work on rookies really until like January. So uh, I only I only know a handful of names on this list. But does this look like another year where we're going to get, you know, four quarterbacks in the first round? Are we going to only going to get those two those two names at the top? Are the third one going to sneak in, or is it just those two going to be uh, the ones that are highly drafted? I would be shocked if it's not more than two quarterbacks. In yes, the I agree. You, you know, and and part of that is probably if if you're just an NFL fan, like maybe you are, Matt. Right? You you watch a lot of NFL and very little college. Yeah. At the very least, you know that there is a quarterback problem in the NFL, right? We're we're seeing quarterbacks right now that should not be under center. So teams are desperate for the position. I think that enough is, or that alone is enough to push two or three of these other names into the first round. We haven't even talked about Jaden Daniels, who has a chance to win the Heisman as well. And and has been putting up numbers at LSU that are, and he's, benefited from or benefited in quotes from a horrible defense right they they can't stop anybody so he has to throw it all over the place um he wasn't even picked in this in this mock Michael Penix as well at Washington he slipped all the way to 12 in your mock Ryan so another quarterback who a little bit of a late bloomer and and nobody can be compared to Bo Nix because he's the ultimate late bloomer right he feels like he's been in college forever it's four or five, five years um, since we were drafting him in Devi. I really do feel like maybe the dynasty community as a whole doesn't watch enough college football and, and are a little bit uneducated when it comes. And I'm one of them. I, I don't watch the entire gamut of college football. I, I focus a lot on the big 10 and that I, I I'm a little bit slow to it. But over the last week or two, I've I've spent a lot of time on these quarterbacks, and I think there's more talent than maybe us from the dynasty landscape give credit for compared to those that follow college football closely. I do want to go back to something you all said earlier, uh, just talking about the the draft status, and, and Matt was asking about where these guys might uh, might go in the NFL draft, and and again, we're we're months early here, but uh, that's that's part of the preparation. Uh, our buddy Travis May has recently formed essentially ADP from some uh, NFL mock drafts to kind of give us an idea how these players are being viewed at this early stage, and. Um, we've got, uh, we've got five quarterbacks who look like potential first rounders. And in addition to Williams and may uh, McCarthy, Travis noted has kind of separated himself as the quarterback three. And then you've got Penix, Knicks and, and Quinn Ewers is in, is still included here as, uh, other guys right on the edge of that, uh, first second round, uh, bubble there. So, that's that's kind of where it is right now, but yeah, I'm I'm with Dan. We're gonna have three or four of these guys eventually be drafted in the first round. I think, if for no other reason than names like Tim Boyle. Yeah, right, and <laughs> and maybe even three or four in the top half of the first round, depending on how the rest of this season plays out and how things go in the draft process. Let's let's talk about another premier prospect 
it's Marvin Harrison expected to be potentially the number one pick in single quarterback leagues, right? Uh, the, the term generational talent always gets thrown around. And when you watch Marvin Harrison junior play, it's hard not to be in awe, right? The OSU product looks like the real deal, a guy who can play all over the field, make plays at all three levels and looks like a guy that dynasty managers will be building their franchise around for years to come. He's expected to go, I, I would say in the top, top one in, in single quarterback leagues and in the top two yeah. or three in Superflex. Is there a lot that can change that? He's locked into a top three pick in Superflex for sure, right, Ryan? I think so. I, and and we've had similar conversations uh, in the past with, with guys like Bijan Robinson a year ago um, and, and Saquon Barkley several years ago. I think the the ultimate conversation with Marvin Harrison is not how does he compare to Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze, but more more like how does he compare with AJ Brown or CD Lamb or Tyreek yeah. Hill? Because uh, I think I think he could ba- be valued as highly as a, a top five dynasty wide receiver as early as. Well, really, as early as as startups are happening, whenever there are startups that include the 2024 rookie class, and that might be as early as, uh, what, six weeks from now, potentially, I think we're going to see Marvin Harrison as a top five dynasty wide receiver and potentially a first round dynasty startup pick. The big stage is coming too, right? They they got Michigan this coming Saturday, and that's the first of many big games that Harrison's going to play in over the next month or so. And you could see that that hype even skyrocket rocket higher than where it is right now. Um, the next position we should cover is probably tight end because Brock Bowers at Georgia is a big name and. Ryan, you put this together. I thought this was an interesting uh, question you asked. You asked, does Kyle Pitts' struggles impact Brock Bowers and pos- possibly push him down into the f- down farther in the first round? This is it, – it's a question we should talk about for sure. He was the only tight end drafted in this two-round mock that you guys did, yeah. probably for good reason, right? But Bowers is, is a head, a whole head above – all the other names that were considered, right? And he fell yeah. down to five. Seems like a logical place for him to fall. Could he fall even further considering what happened to Pitts? I, I think he could. I I would hope it has nothing to do with Kyle Pitts. Uh, it was actually uh, me with the five pick. I took Bowers there at five and uh, was pretty happy to get him there. He's another guy. He, he looks like a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. A uh, totally different type of player than Kyle Pitts, though. Um, you know, he he like Caleb Williams, like Marvin Harrison, is being compared to the best tight end prospects, really, to ever enter the league. Not necessarily the best tight ends, but the best prospects uh, as far as expectations and 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 pedigree and and all the all those measurables that we look at. Um, I, even though I took him at five, I'm a, I'm a little hesitant. I think we could see some questions on him, um, mostly around uh, based around his his size. So, I think five is probably the ceiling for him, certainly in a super flex league. Um, but I, I think I think we could see some questions come up, and you know those 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 guys that took Kyle Pitts at one or two or or whatever it was, like I'm, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not falling for the tight end trap again matt <laughs> um yeah <laughs> listen you know i like the the once in a generation quote unquote uh tight ends right so uh, i can imagine myself taking him at five here i could imagine myself maybe taking i'm again i'm not super familiar with this class but i could see myself taking him after marvin harrison and those top two quarterbacks depending on how the draft shakes out where he lands all that kind of stuff uh mostly because again the state of the tight end position in the nfl but also because he's, I mean, it looks like he's the only, I mean, again, I don't not familiar with this class, but it looks like he's the only game of town. So if this positional scarcity is that high with, with that position in this current draft, and I need an upside tight end that could potentially start in year one, 
I mean, I I think he's not falling falling probably lower than like eight or nine. Yeah, I I'm not taking taking Bowers at five if if it's me in a super flex draft. I I think there's reason to think a quarterback could land above Bowers. Sure. I certainly yeah. think Travion Henderson, the only running back that went in the first round of this. Uh, mock that you guys did. He's worthy of considering over Bowers. I also think there's another Ohio State wide receiver in Omeka Egbuka that could go ahead of Bowers as well and, and potentially have a lot longer career. Um, he's missed some time, of course, because of injury at uh, Ohio State as well. So there's if there was a surprise in the first 10 picks, Ryan, and I didn't know you made the pick, it was Bowers. I thought he could have gone three, four spots later, but it probably depends on preference and what you think of Bowers' ultimate upside. It might be through the roof. We'll get into that more as we move along. The position we haven't touched on here, Ryan, is running back. Only one went in the first round of your mock. It was Travion Henderson, certainly worthy of that selection. But all the way down there in the second half at the seven pick, Overall, Henderson looks like a a, a dynamite, pro, a guy that is going to step into a role and immediately be um, that tailback that you can put into your potentially RB1 spot in your dynasty roster. Reminds me a little bit of Brees Hall and, and mm-hmm. how he kind of came through the system and became that guy immediately. I think he could be a, a foundation back immediately. But beyond that, there there's not there's certainly not a number two running back in this class that's highlighted and in bold at this point we have some work to do at this position yeah certainly um and, and even henderson well it's probably not fair to say he's locked in as the rb1 right now for me he's far and away the rb1 but uh, i think when you're talking about consensus or uh is there a, a scenario where he falls and somebody else jumps Obviously, there is. Uh, Henderson was a guy who entered college as as a five star recruit, uh, the RB one in his class, and and showed why immediately. He uh, rushed for over a thousand yards as a freshman for Ohio State, and uh, just had a had a huge year a couple of years ago. And in the past two years, he's been banged up. He's missed some time, and I think the shine kind of wore off a little bit on the uh, when when you think about the profile of Travion Henderson where once he looked like a, a, a lock to be the RB1. Um, now now there's at least a little bit of question, mostly based around that injury or those injuries, because when he has been on the field, as you said, he's he's a dynamic weapon uh, used in the in the receiving game or in the pass game as well. So uh, I like the Brees Hall comp. I think that's that's a fitting one this early. Another another high uh, highly ranked recruit that was was good throughout college and and uh, showed us why. So I I like Henderson here but yeah, after that uh, as you said nobody else in the first round, second round uh, is where people clearly started taking some shots on on running backs. We got Jonathan Brooks from Texas, uh, Bucky Irving from Oregon were the next two guys. Braylon Allen, middle of the second round, he was the 2.07 pick. I wanted to ask you about him Dan because he's a Wisconsin guy. I know he's been uh, a favorite of yours and and uh, on your on your favorite college team there he was he was the one who was supposed to challenge Travion Henderson to be that RB1 and maybe he still can but uh he also had a huge freshman season it's kind of been downhill since then do you think he's a guy that could bounce back and uh, if not challenge for for the RB1 at least get into that first round range I I think he can, you know, those things that we saw in his freshman year, he was in that traditional power offense, uh, I formation behind a fullback and running downhill. And things have changed significantly at Wisconsin over the last couple of years. Um, They're now in a more of a spread offense. And there was even a time, I think most, I I know most, all Badgers fans remember that. And most college football fans, uh, remember that that Braylon Allen entered the transfer portal when Luke Fickle took over at Wisconsin. He was bringing that offense from Cincinnati, more of a run and gun, wide open offense. And it was unclear if if Allen really fit. And to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure if 
if he does, it's it's been a struggle, and that offensive line isn't nearly as good as maybe it was before. Allen showed enough in his freshman year, and remember, his freshman year was really his senior year of high school. He, he joined the Badgers a year early and just kind of blew up a little bit of an unknown, but he, he's, he's super young. I, I think he has the potential to make that kind of jump still. Because he stayed at Wisconsin, I kind of expect him to go into the draft and like amaze a little bit because he's big, he's bulky, and he can run. He's quick as a hiccup and can run. Um, I, I think he's a guy that's going to gain a lot of steam through the pre draft process. And although he went in the middle of the second round here, I could see him easily getting into the first round if things break his way. Certainly the last year and a half and injuries have been a part of it. Haven't, haven't really helped his, his dynasty status. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be trading Braylon Allen if I had him on a Debbie team right now. though. I was actually going to ask you, and, and again, we get these surprises every year because especially if you play in Debbie leagues, I think we start viewing these players as, uh, again, as maybe loftier than they really are or, or valuing them, getting a little ahead of ourselves with the way we value them. Do you think Braylon Allen is, is a candidate to either go back to school for another year or to transfer? Yeah, I think rather I, than, rather I, than honestly, I think if you had to rank the three, go back to Wisconsin, transfer or go to the NFL, I think go to the NFL and transfer are towards the top of that list. Yeah. And and staying at Wisconsin for another year would be towards the bottom. And and it's not that he's not loyal to Wisconsin and doesn't have strong feelings towards being a Badger and all those things. It's a little bit more towards the NFL is calling and you got to, you got to put your best foot forward. I don't think he's done mm-hmm. that here recently. He, and he's been banged up as well. Early in the season, if you're a big 10 fan and watch the Badgers at all, you, you know that Ches Malusi actually looked like a better better fit mm-hmm. for that offense than Braylon Allen. It pains me to say it because I love Allen and love the way he has played um, in the past, in that power running scheme. It, he's not a great fit in, with the Badgers right now, and, and that's why he's running for he, – you see stat lines where he's running for 3.4 yards per carry. He, he doesn't have that burst like some of those faster guys. The last guy I did want to mention here, another Big Ten guy, is Blake Corum at Michigan. Because I I saw here, Ryan, at 209, it's Corum. At 212, it's Donovan Edwards. A couple of Michigan running backs fit into to round two. These are a couple more guys that could, could sneak their way up, uh, at least towards the mid to top part of round two if things break their way. Yeah, for sure. And, and Corum was one of those guys last year. He, we expected him to be part of that 2023 class, suffered a late injury, and ultimately decided to to stay in school. I mean, honestly, I don't I don't feel like it's helped to stock here. We see him drafted, as you said, as the 2.09 pick and the uh, the four, fifth fifth running back off the board. So I think. I think if you're a running back, you just have to go when, when you have a chance uh, as far as uh, making the leap to the, to the NFL. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this helped his stock and not, not really a player I'll be targeting at least based on what I've seen so far. Oh, he's a player I'll be targeting. And, and it's really what he did a year ago, pre-injury that, that makes me love his upside. I think he's like scored, 11 or 13 touchdowns in the last five games or something like that. It's crazy. His highlights are highlights. And I I think an NFL team is really going to love him. I think he's going to be a second round NFL pick. He's the guy for me. He's this whole trading or or sharing carries at Michigan with Donovan Edwards. That that's fine. But I really do feel like he's got a bright upside. Matt, we haven't heard a whole lot from you. Anything else to add? Uh, as far as this class goes or, or what you do know about them to this point? Uh, no, just um, looking at wide receivers and quarterbacks so far. And and you'll have to check back with me in January, February to get yeah. more. And we'll definitely takes. be doing that. Uh, We're, you know, this is, too. like I said, this is a, this is a preemptive conversation, just trying to introduce some of these players. And if you're not particularly interested or, or uh, up to date, I should say, on these guys that we're talking about, 
Go to dynastyleague.football.com. Go see that Monday mock that Ryan did. All 24 players are listed there. And uh, get an introduction. And if you are interested, if you are thinking about it, if you do know all these guys, go let Ryan know in the comments what the heck is wrong with him because these guys are going (laughs) way too early or way too late. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Matt, what do you say we talk about some running backs you know a lot about? Those are NFL running backs. We thought we'd do a mock draft for the rest of the 2023 season only. And you might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, that sounds a little bit like a redraft conversation. We're going to spin this in a trade conversation. Try to talk about some targets to make a run for your title. Ryan, you drew the number one pick. We're going to try to get through as many of these as we can. Who is the running back that you want if you're if you're go- shooting for that title right now more than anybody else? Well, this is this is the easy one. I'll take uh, I'll take Christian McCaffrey here at the 101. <laughs> He's the RB1 on the season uh by a wide wide margin and uh I mean the only thing I would add we don't even have to say much about McCaffrey, but the only thing I would add about the exercise in general, we we say it on here all the time, and you hear it a lot in in the dynasty community. Value running backs on a on a year to year basis um, outside of those elite guys. So yes, we want Bijan Robinson and Brees Hall and whoever you value in that in that elite tier. But beyond that, if you know if you'd rather have Kyron Williams than. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Then Josh Jacobs, that's that's not necessarily a one for one deal you might want to make, but be willing to make those those types of moves where you're moving off, uh, you know, short term running backs for others who might might be uh, more helpful in the short term. Yeah, that's it. It was an interesting pick, I thought, because we still are a dynasty um, show. We're still framing this in the dynasty from a dynasty perspective. And I wondered if, if maybe that would leak into this conversation. I had McCaffrey at one as well. I, I drew the number two pick in this and I thought this was the toughest pick in the draft, to be honest with you. Cause I was all over the place. I ended up landing on Travis ETN. If, if I had to pick right mm-hmm. now and a, and a guy I'm trying to win a title with, uh, but still want that long-term upside it it's ETN for me. And, and it's for all the reasons that we've seen all year long. Um, multi-touchdown games, uh, triple-digit rushing uh, rushing yards games, and then also uh, just the ball in his hands every single week for, you know, 20, 25, 30 times a game. ETN's the guy for me at two. <sighs> I thought I was going to have to decide whether to take ETN. Um, I had a guy locked in here, but now I'm just going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go ahead and take Bijan Robinson for a couple of reasons here. Uh, number one, we saw, uh, we, we finally saw what we wanted to see before the bye week there in, uh, in week 10. And he's got a couple of tough games coming up, although the next, next week, uh, in two weeks against the Jets, you know, the Jets are stronger against the pass. So we'll see how that breaks down. The Buccaneers are tough against, against the run, but in the fantasy playoffs, they get the Panthers, the Colts and the Bears in the fantasy Super Bowl. So um, I want to take that kind of volume, that kind of role into the playoffs against cupcake matchups. So I'll I'll stick with Bijan here despite his up and down season. I was wondering where Bijan would go. Ryan, does he belong at three? I don't think so. Um, but again, when you when you factor in that dynasty uh standpoint or point of view, then obviously he, he's, uh, he needs to be a valuable, uh, he, he is a valuable asset and needs to be an early pick. So I, I get it. when you're factoring that in, um, I'm going to stick with that short term and I'm going to take Austin Eckler here. Mm. Uh, yep. love, love his late season. season schedule. Seems like he's finally healthy. Uh, looking at the last four or five weeks of the season gets the Broncos twice still, uh, plus the Raiders, Broncos definitely playing better. The Raiders are as well, but uh, I'll I'll uh, take my chances on Austin Eckler there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna mix like I have to this point, mix dynasty and short term, and I don't I don't know if this will surprise anybody. I'm I'm going with Jonathan Taylor here. 
Uh, I love what I've seen over the last few. Yeah, shocking, right? The last few weeks out of Taylor, he's looked really, really good. Of course, on the bye this week, has Tampa Bay in week 12. But after that, it's uh, matchups with Tennessee, who's been beaten recently on the ground. Then Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, followed up by Atlanta and Las Vegas in championship week. Those, Those are nice matchups for the most part outside of Tampa Bay and maybe that Atlanta matchup. I love his usage, and I think he's good. He has a good chance to be a league winner this year. If I can get him all the way down here at five, I like it. Wow, still um, just twenty-four years old, too. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely playing better. He's got the role. The matchups are good. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. But I'm going to take the running back who, over his last three weeks, has finished as the running back three, the running back two, and the running back one way back in week eight. Right. That's Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, uh, look, he's doing it even with David Montgomery. This week he showed that he can do it with less than, than 10 carries and only 36 rushing yards. He still got there uh, with 21 PPR points, finishes the running back three, I believe. Um, young, so we got the dynasty element. Uh, I just – I just think he's incredible, and I, 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 this is maybe a hot take. I, from a dynasty ranking standpoint, I would consider him in the same tier as Bijan at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's out of line at all. And uh, you stole my the pick. Other guy I was considering it at five there with Taylor. Yeah, and I, I definitely would have, uh, would have jumped at the chance to get him at seven. Uh, instead, I'll go with another young guy we like. I'll take Brees Hall here. Has yeah, a nice. Yeah, nice rest of season schedule, and I mean, not not that I'm excited by uh, Tim Boyle by any means, but I am excited, uh, or at least interested in a quarterback change and and what that offense might look like moving forward. I, I think with the with the change that they announced um, following Sunday's game, I, I, I do think this this offense could be even more centered around Brees Hall. I'm going to go at number eight with Philadelphia running back DeAndre Swift. Love what they've done with him in Philly. Uh, certainly a good fit there for sure. And they have they have a, a commitment to the running game, commitment to him as their running back that we haven't seen in his career. I love that. The short-term upside is great on, in that Eagles offense with the threat of that passing game. The long-term upside's there as well because he's going to be there for at least a couple more years. Ah, yeah, that's a good one, Dan. I like that, uh, especially with that team and the way that offense is playing. Um, I'm going to take, man, I'm going to take a guy I traded for this past weekend and it worked out. I traded for Saquon Barkley. Um, I think he's probably on most sell lists, but I wanted the volume. I wanted the role in a league that gets points for carries. Uh, And he came through with a running back one week. He's done a terrible offense. We know that, but he's, he's, He's the only he's the only thing on offense, right? He's getting all the touches. He's getting all the all the receptions. Um, he has not got ninety one percent of the snaps last week. Eighty percent of the rush, running back rush shares, a twenty percent target share. Like he's, it's it's a workload play. It's also a talent play. Certainly an injury risk um, and a bad offense. So I mean, it's it's risky, but I think the role is good enough for him to be there. I'm not trading for Saquon. I had him in the middle middle of the second round. I'm I'm scared to death. And I know he, he got all that work. I don't know why he was left open in the passing game. That was ridiculous. They they should have double teamed him really because there was nobody else that could do anything. Nobody wants to respect Tommy DeVito, man. Yeah, including the three of us, I would imagine. <sighs> played pretty well though. He played pretty well. Yeah. And, uh... Hey, I, I, I hit a uh prize picks of of over 172 yards or something like that he got that in the first half nice oh man uh (laughs) 1.10 i'm gonna take alvin kamara here yeah i think pretty clearly the best guy left we we have seen his role dip a little bit um since uh, since he first came back this season but that was to be expected given the uh the other options they have in that backfield and um he's still uh, still certainly the most talented player, uh, definitely in the backfield, maybe on the team. You could uh, argue that with Chris Olave, but uh, Kamara here at 10, 
Uh, he's a guy I think you could uh, you could ride him out for the rest of the season. Yeah, certainly style. belonged here at 10, maybe a couple of spots ahead, some could argue as well. I'm going to go with a similar player a couple years younger, though. It's Josh Jacobs. He gets all the workload with Las Vegas. If, if you're in a dynasty league right now and you're looking for that guy that you can plug into your lineup, uh, get him for a future first, it's probably these guys that we're talking about. Josh Jacobs qualifies. He was traded for a future first in multiple leagues that I'm in for all those reasons. There's a good chance he's on a lower end team. If you want to try to try to parlay a future first into a player that can put up some numbers down the stretch and potentially help you win, it's Jacobs. Although you're not going to want to watch the Raiders games because he drives you mad. (laughs) Matt, finish off round one. Man, it's a, it feels like a, feels like a massive drop off after after that mm, pick okay oh there's there's Am one wrong there's one that? good there's one good name I mean, left matt there's a few good names i'm probably gonna miss it if uh if it's not obvious <laughs> it's it is not obvious to me i'm gonna take a bad pick probably i'm gonna take tony pollard i'm gonna go with the volume again he finally oh got a touchdown <laughs> um it's the role. If if you say the one that I if you say the one that I wanted to actually take up to take, I'm going to be upset. I don't know if he should go this early. Say it, Ryan. I'm going to take Rashad White here. This is a yep. this is a volume play. <laughs> there you go. Uh, White's another volume play, but uh, his role in the passing game is increasing uh, yep. by the week, really. And you talk about the only show in town. That's Rashad White. Uh, six receptions this past week got the like bonus of a rushing touchdown, even though he's under three yards of carry almost every week, just 24 yeah. years old. He's the RB 22 in dynasty. And there's probably a case to be made that he should be at like RB 14, RB 15 for the rest of the season at the very least. Uh, would he you trade overall right now, Dan, would you trade if you, you got a team that's going to make the playoffs would you trade Saquon Barkley for Rashad White right now? I would not do that. I, I would not in a dynasty league because you got to get more than that for Saquon and hold out, right? But well, I, th- I think you can get more than that. If, you if, get, you get, if you're talking Rashad, I think you could get Rashad White in a couple of seconds for Saquon, and I'm doing that deal in a second. Yeah, you know yeah. Th- that wouldn't take long. Uh, I don't know if you can get Rashad White and a first, but um, that's a that's a slam dunk for me. I don't know if you can get a first. All right, right. Um, I'm going to go to another. I'm going to blend it once again. Oh, there's two guys I want. I don't think I'm going to get both of them. Uh, I got to win right now. I'm taking David Montgomery. Yeah. And I, Gibbs went earlier. He went at the 106. I get it, Montgomery at 14. And I, if I had to bet right now on which Lions running back scores more points from here to week 17 when we're winning championships, I'm taking Montgomery. They, they love that guy. Yeah, that's fine. I I I think Montgomery is still going to be the the primary goal line option. Although we did see a few game a couple of weeks ago where where Gibbs got four. Did you hear the backstory on that, Matt? Uh, well, I, I know that they're splitting Montgomery and Montgomery did the wave like let the kid get the touchdown. Oh, I did not. He hear did that. the work nice on the way down the field, so what he a... gave him the touchdown. That's not going to continue. It'll be Montgomery when the game's really mad. <laughs> that's that's all right that's fine um yeah i mean he's good for 12 to 15 touches a game and probably close to a touchdown average per game so um big plays here of late it's true he's doing it all man i'm gonna take a risky pick here because just because i want him i'm gonna i don't know what's happening yet with the knee again but i'm gonna take devon a chain here because if he gets back by the playoffs he's gonna be that kind of spike week player that can win you the week on his own um, obviously the health is, is risky, but I'm, I'm willing to take that on, uh, over a lot of these other names where we're at right now. How do you feel about HN Ryan, that, that scary off what happened over the weekend with the injury re-injury? It did a little bit. I mean, all, all I was thinking about the past four weeks when he was on the IR is, do we need to have the injury conversation about Devon HN and, Ultimately decided I'm, I'm going to keep that to myself. It's one injury. Maybe it's a fluke. Hopefully it's a fluke. And now here we are. So just two yeah, touches. Frustrating. A handful I feel of like this, we get the news that he like, aggravates it. That 
I guess we heard on Monday that that he's not expected to have surgery, so maybe it's not that serious. I I didn't have him on my list. Because I'm worried. He, ugh, it's worrisome for I, me. I just I just don't think it's. I mean, I, again, I am not a doctor, obviously, but a guy fell on his leg. He was trying to get back in the game. They didn't want him because it was the same. It was the same knee, so they were worried about that. So I just I'm not sure it's that serious. Maybe he misses one game out of precautions, maybe two games. But if I have him back by week 15, I feel like I'm okay with it. Ryan, who you got at well, the 204? I mean, I do think this is the range where, you know, if Matt was wrong on the earlier drop off, we're certainly feeling it right now after after Wyatt and Montgomery. So it's yeah. it's a take a chance on guys range. I'm going to do that. Um, another guy that suffered an injury over the weekend was Kenneth Walker. I'm not taking him, but I'll take yeah. uh, Zach Charbonnet instead. Oh, I thought about doing him instead of HN. I probably should have. Dude, but, I thought but, for sure he was going to be my last pick that you guys would let him slide. Oh, no, way. Was no way. Off. No way. Um, the other the other running back that I was thinking about taking at 14 was actually Javante Williams. And maybe he wasn't yeah. that impressive yeah. on Sunday night against the Vikings, at least his stat line. That guy is running hard. He looks like the guy that we fell in love with coming out of UNC. Yep. I like him right here. We're really, really in the weeds now. Like, gosh, yeah, Brian Ramsey, he's gonna actually gonna catch. Okay, I'll I'll shut up. I won't I won't talk through it. I'll just go <laughs> ahead and <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take Isaiah Pacheco uh, and the tough down upside that he presents. That one's fine. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, wow. I think I'm gonna take Brian Robinson here. We've uh, we've seen big time production from him lately. He's added a role in the in the passing game. Of course, part of that is because uh, Antonio Gibson's been banged up, uh, but he's he's been really good. I really like Mostert right here. Um, Could have gone a couple mm. picks higher. I think the yeah. the HN conversation we just had that contributes to it. I, I like Mostert down the stretch here. I'm going to take Jalen Warren, the Steelers' new running back right. one. He did not get as many carries as Najee Harris did, but he was obviously way more effective on that. Finishes the running back two this week. Just so Dynasty managers know, that whole RB1 thing, he was introduced. Like, like that coaching staff never said, Jalen Warren is our starter. They allowed right. Jalen Warren to be introduced as a starter because he's having such a great season. He's worked so hard. The Steelers do that kind of thing. That that coaching staff said, we're going to let Jalen Warren be announced as the starter before the game. Then the game started, and Najee Harris got the first five carries of the game. So just so everybody <laughs> knows, Warren, it, I was, it's really an equal split. Warren does look good, though. Holy cow, that long run was great the other day. Ryan, who's your last pick? Um, I think I'm going to be risky here a little bit and take Kyron Williams. Yeah, good set pick. to set to return uh, this coming week, I believe it sounds like. So, uh, I mean, was one of the top stories of the season uh, earlier in the year before that injury. Henderson and and uh, Freeman have been fine, but they haven't been good enough that that. Uh, this backfield is is not going right back to Kyron Williams. Yeah, it's going right back to Williams. I was going to take him here at 23 if you didn't take him at 22 because you did that and took the risk. I probably got to go boring. Don't love that. Um, I want workload, a guy you can get cheap in Dynasty right now. I'm going to take James Conner. He's, he's back for a couple of weeks. You can get him for cheap, so and you can get some production. Take James Conner. My last two guys I'm considering here are Jerome Ford and Ramondre Stevenson. I'm going to take Jerome Ford. I just think the role's really good. They want him to be yep. that guy, and he has a good playoff schedule. I like that. He was the other consideration for me when I took Connor. Another guy I considered, uh, boring, but Joe Mixon gets all the workload right now. Oh, if I if you that. have him as your RB2, you probably feel fine with that at this point. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hopefully this helps guide Dynasty managers through the through – the, um, conversation, trade talks that you might be having lead, leading up to trade deadlines. Guys, where's your trade deadline typically in leagues? My, mine's always Thanksgiving. Is is it different for you guys? 
Last year, I went to no trade deadline. I succumbed to the peer pressure, and I don't mind it. it. Like I, I get all of the reasons for not doing it. I've seen it ruin leagues in the past too. But I think that I do have come down on the side of the conversation that it's an owner problem or a manager problem, not necessarily a rule problem. So if you have a league full of great managers, and it isn't an issue, hmm. right? Um, I've actually just gone to no trade deadline in my main leagues as well. This is the first year we're doing that. Uh, so we'll see how it goes, but, um, yeah, in, in most of my leagues prior, it's been right around uh, Thanksgiving as well. Yeah. Um, from us to you, happy Thanksgiving. And if you're up there in Canada, hopefully you took Thursday off to watch football, right? Maybe Friday too. watch that, uh, black Friday game, um, celebrate with us on Thanksgiving. Um, we're looking forward to the games. Hope you are too. We're going to be with you all the way through the playoffs. So be sure to come back and check us out every single week. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again Thank next you week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.